Yo. What's up? Not much. How you doing, man? I'm doing very well, thank you. How's it going? Uh, you know, so far so good. Unfortunately, Mo is not going to be joining us this weekend because he had bad chicken strips. And now he has a case of the Hershey squirts. Um, so <laughs> Hershey squirts. Yeah. That's, pretty, that's pretty cool. It's creative. Close that's your very, eyes. Imagine very, it. Very, very creative naming, right? So uh, <laughs> I guess just, it's just that, you know, I'm going to end up hating Hershey's for a while, but sure. Yeah. For a while, you mean like 12 minutes. That's about it. Just once I see a buttercup, I'm gone. Reese's. Yeah. All right. So since Mo can't be joining us, that means the original agenda for the show is out. However, we've come up with a fun format to use for this particular uh, episode, just because you guys kind of like the unscripted stuff last time. So what we're going to do is, is so we're going to go back and forth, suggesting a headline that we're going to either, you know, debate, talk about, laugh at, cry because of, or whatever for the next 60 minutes and just kind of go back and forth on who volunteers the headline. And neither of us knows which headlines the other is going to be sharing. Sound about right? Yay. Sounds about right. So I'm super curious what your headlines are going to be. Mine are, yeah. I think, very formal. <laughs> you know, then, but but then I know I, I have a sw- swing at them because I find them a bit, I know some of them are just annoying, but then, but then let's, let's see how it goes. Let's see how it goes. You know? All right, let's see how it goes. So, I mean, you're obviously the guest, so you're going to go first, but I am going to set the timer. Um, Right. Ready? Let's go. Shoot. All right, cool. So the Collision Brothers built Stripe into a $95 billion unicorn. So the billionaire brothers, John and Patrick Collision, built Stripe into one of the world's most hyped, highest valued and profitable startups worth some $95 billion. And now they must stave off going from disruptor to disrupted. Collison. Yeah. Collison. <laughs> so these Let's guys say collision, collision Brothers sounds collision. Like, a, like, a, like a rare, you know, off-menu option for if you're Super Smash Brothers or... <laughs> I'm, I'm actually i was thinking something similar i was thinking you know, the collision brothers sounds something like a, you know out of a video game like you just said it's just yeah. that it's just that why are stripe so worried about being disrupted when you know I, I get it the bigger players they do have to worry about being disrupted but then when you're a 95 billion dollar behemoth and you're growing yeah. so significantly your cash flow positive then you have yeah you, you don't need to put a, put out the news or a headline to wor- saying that I am worried of becoming disrupted. What are they trying to prove? I, no, honestly, I think is this it? is like standard playbook for when you've made it right. So once you become huge, basically, anytime regulators inquire or even preemptively before they say anything, you have to say, "Oh my God, there's so much competition in my space. I'm not a monopoly. I have no idea how I'm going to keep making money." You know, Google, Facebook—they all do this every time they get dragged in front of Congress. And I think they're just yeah. like now that they're big boys. Uh, you know, they're, they're PR guys. Like, listen, we have to, we have to deploy a smoke screen and you got to give people reason to doubt your absolute hegemony. Right. Okay. Yeah. But that's the thing. It's, it's too old of a strategy that we, anybody could find out immediately that they're just trying to, you know, sort of, like you said, throw out a smoke screen. I think Mm -hmm. it's a double-edged sword. Once you start talking about it and saying that, oh, I'm going to have issues. I'm not a monopoly. I can't do that. I can't, whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. they're trying to say it just tells people oh yeah co- there's shit that's going to be covered up so let's go take a look let's take a deeper dive it's it's mm-hmm. as if shooting myself in the foot that's what i feel at least so- yeah speaking of uh, trying to cover up the stink of shit i mean have you ever asked yourself why they've never gone public like with the absolute bull market the craze of the last two years and even before that they never bothered going public they're 95 billion dollars private company we have yet to hear of yeah. any substantial markdowns because of any private fundraising uh, that's been going on and not even and one is, inkling of hiring a bank or whatever to go public. Nothing. And and they say they're profitable. Where's the proof? They're not public. How the fuck would you know if they actually are profitable? That's yeah, nor have thing. they filed an S1, so we have no idea. Nothing. Nothing. The funny thing is, here's the thing. It's like you know, do you remember like um, Harvey Dent? And, and one of the one, one of the founders looks, one of the founders looks like Zuckerberg a little bit, right? What? Let me like see. Another guy. Yeah, he looks this like guy. an off-brand Zuck clone, a little bit. <laughs> it's like yeah, Zuck 2.0 or something like that. Yeah, like someone was putting <laughs> the DNA in the machine and then like sneezed and fucked it up a little. Yeah. <laughs> that's about. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's about it. Anyways, go on. <laughs> no, I, I, I was saying, do you story. remember? Do you remember the scene from that Batman, the, the, one of the the Christopher Nolan Batman movies where um, Harvey Dent is like, you know, you either die a villain or no, no, you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become a villain. I think that's the yeah. story of Stripe. Now they're the villain, especially <laughs> they're a villain after what was that dumbass from like Bolt or Fast or one of the other payment companies that basically wrote this diatribe about how Y Combinator is a mafia and Stripe is taking over everyone. And, you know, do you remember him? So I just can't remember. I can't get my so head this, this is just part two. It's a continuation of the story. They're the big bad, big bad wolf. And they're coming for the little guy. Dude, I, I don't see why they're worried about why they're worried about um, competition when right now is when all of these like non-stellar payment companies are going under. My question is why, why would they announce that they're worried about comp- They're still private, right? So it's not yeah. like there's anybody breathing down their necks besides regulators when it comes to financial payments. But so, so maybe, maybe SEC, but then is there like fair play and competition regula- regulations set around? I don't well, know. SEC can't say shit yet because they're not a public company. That's exactly what I'm trying to say. So if it's a, not a public company, why the fuck are you worried? Why on earth are you saying that? Like, maybe that could be a step towards them thinking to go public potentially? Yeah, yeah. Could it it's be? just yeah, it's a smokescreen. Look, companies are afraid of going public just because you know at one point these these companies were considered darlings, and now all the regulars have their sights on them as being like evil and antitrust and blah blah blah. Okay, okay. right. So like, Stripe has like expanded into how many countries and how many different services? Yeah. No, so that, that that is no this this expansion this ultra ultra fast scale of the scaling that they've been going through right now plus the fact that that they're issuing smoke screens all over the place uh could potentially mean that they're we're going to hear something down I don't know within the next 3 to 6 months that they're thinking about going public. I I would I would say so. Dude, there's no other way in this market. It. Yeah, exactly. They would they're probably going to wait for 3 to 6 months because they, the the market is you know it's a bear market. It's got to it's got to pick up. So once in three to six months, do you think so? Dude, I'm going to say something that, that, that might be a bit scary, but I have a feeling that Biden is probably going to die in the next three to six months, just from old age, you know, something like that. And when that happens, thank you for joining this episode of (laughs) intro. I don't know, man, but no, there's this, I have this theory that, that within three to six months, we're going to see this massive change in in, in in both the market and in the political scene. Not that I want to talk about politics, but let's that, yeah. stick to them, to the business side of things. It's, it's that will supplement the other. And uh, I don't know. I just feel like it's going to be within three to six months. I, I, I'd like to believe that. And yes, Stripe we, somehow has the clairvoyance to see that in the next three to six months, things are going to turn around in public markets. I'm assuming since they're a $95 billion company with that has been growing without, you know, without really giving a shit about going public. Okay, when when was their scaling. last raise? Ages ago. Actually, let me find out. Or last, like, you know, any private injection of capital. Because that would be the last mark, technically. Let me tell you the actual date. It's fine. This is when you need one of those. Uh, hey, Jamie, can you pull that number? We don't have a jam. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it was June 2021. It's an undisclosed amount of venture series. And then three months before that, March 2021, they closed a 600 million series H. Okay. Here, here's the thing. There is, I mean, everyone is going to be looking at PayPal as a comp, right? And PayPal is yeah. really one of the worst comps you can have for any business right now, especially when considering mm-hmm. going public. Yeah. Like, uh, PayPal stock is down. I'm guessing off the top of my head, this is, hasn't loaded yet. Like 80% from the highs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it is 67.2%. Okay. That's, that's pretty steep. Like nobody wants to go public with that as a comp, especially when your last raise, your last mark was at like peak market craziness, right? At like hundred million dollar seed round craziness. So me, I don't, I mean, I don't do you, know. I don't think, do think, I don't think, what do you think? What do you think? I think? Do you think market is going to pick up in the next six months? No, I, I still think we have another like you know year, year and a half of pain. Okay. Because keep in mind, race still got to come way up, man, way up. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm seeing a ton of people buying into into markets now, and, and that which is smart because it's you know market's down, but yeah, but you, you, can, you can dollar cost average on your way down, right? Yeah. So 
anyway, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, we'll see. How it goes. I, I, mean, I, I, I have not. Stripe is. Uh, I, I, no, no. I'm. I'm. I, if I had to bet, I would say that they're not considering going public over the next year. That means this story of uh, Boohoo, we have competitors. Is uh, it's a smokescreen for regulators because they're getting kind of big and they're in the financial space, which in and of itself, you know, invites regulatory eyes, right? I guess we'll find out in six months. <laughs> yeah, I guess we'll find out in six months. <laughs> anyway, we'll see how it goes. Okay, so yeah, you'll be on the. On, on the episode November twenty eighth, right? Yeah, <laughs> I just book uh, it right now. But go ahead. I'm more than happy. I, I, I know, hey, let's place a bet. I'll buy you Jesmys if if you win. Fine, that? and I will eat it live on the show. Which means you're just going to hear like random slobbering. It'll sound like a dog <laughs> going down on a box of old stale hot dogs. The sandwich you're going to eat from Jesmys is roast beef, and you know that what what that signifies, right? No. <laughs> See, now I'm, I'm going to get the Hershey squirts. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I fucking love Jess Mews. It's delicious. I don't know. It is. It is. I'm actually thinking of ordering from Jess Mews after this the, this podcast. Anyway, yeah. moving on. We have, we have, hold on a second. We have, what, 30 seconds to continue to speculate. 25 seconds. Tell me this. Do you think Stripe would make a move into crypto? I don't think they're going to do it very, very soon. No. I mean, they're still, apparently they have to put up a smoke stream to, to, to handle whatever regulatory shit that you're talking about right now. So if that is a pain in the ass, how fast can they move into crypto? I don't yeah, know. Okay. Maybe maybe within a Trick year question. and a half, two years. Trick question. They already have. Huh? Fuck. Sort of. Holy shit. Uh, that's what the have they done? That. Well, we'll find out maybe in a future episode. Okay. I got to stop this. All right. <laughs> my turn. And go. Next countdown. Uh, Luna is down 60%. Um, this is the new Luna on the launch of the Terra Two network. Is that a surprise at all? Really? Here's the nah. thing: I'm I'm one of the shitheads that bought a ton of Luna, uh, old Luna, what is now basically called Luna Classic, and uh, I sat on it thinking that maybe, maybe there's a chance of network revival. We don't really know, you know. Here, here's the thing: Do Kwan himself, though a colossal shithead, um. One thing they've made clear is that they are not going to pursue the algorithmic stablecoin again because it's a terrible idea. And also, I'm pretty sure the regulators would like literally shoot him. But yeah, um, <laughs> um, yeah. but you know the 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 Luna ecosystem. You know the the what do they call them? Lunatics. I mean, they had a pretty large, pretty vibrant ecosystem, especially in in Asia. Um, they were doing particularly well. But if you know, if you look at it, most of the action happening on chain was Anchor. And a lot of that was basically holding on to UST, like having it deposited for like 20% returns, which by the way, could not be sustained over time, which is why Luna Foundation Guard basically had to continuously like inject capital to maintain those returns. And it kind of spelled the beginning of the end for, for Luna and Terra and that you know Algo stablecoin experiment. So the thing is now, will it continue to flourish given that its prime purpose, the stablecoin and its prime uh, DAP anchor are both dead. Like, what is the point of the, of the chain right now? Is it the, is it the wrong move? Because prior to the fork, people were talking about like, why don't they just spend the rest of what's in Luna Foundation Guard, the three hundred something Bitcoin, a whole bunch of AVAX and whatever, burn it all, um, or, or spend it all to just you know buy back and burn as much of the old Luna token as possible, just to have help people recover. Like, what I mean, what's your take on all that? Well, to be honest, initially, I I, I knew that Luna was going to be a fuck up. Ages ago, right? And, really? and yeah, ages ago. I had I had this gut feeling about it, and then I started digging, and I found out that yeah, there there there's a bunch of shit that's happening that was not supposed to happen. But then, and, and it's not, and I actually knew it. I was speaking with my co-founder Demjani, and I was telling him, I think somewhere down the line, someone is gonna fuck with Luna. Yeah. And then I read this this thread of a guy that said exactly how you could fuck with Luna. And it requires a massive amount of capital. And then Citadel pops up. <laughs> and then they go like, yeah, I'm a fuck this bitch. And they did it. But and, that's and unconfirmed. You know Citadel, Citadel, Citadel is not confirmed to have wrecked Luna. Like we still. But that's the, that was the gap. That was the main gap, the core gap. When Citadel yeah. was just going to make money, right? For them, it's just right. an investment. They didn't do it because they hate Luna and they want to fuck it up. No, they did it because they're going to make a shit ton of money out of it. And when they did that, a lot of people, it, it caused this chain reaction, this ripple effect, and everybody just started selling and no, but, selling but, but and it Cita just dropped Citadel down. Did and then everybody cause... lost hope. Citadel wasn't the entity that sold all that Luna. No, they, 
is they, they bought a shit ton of Luna, right? And then they sold a shit ton of Luna. They, they, what they did is they went and got, got a, how much was it? 75K uh, Bitcoins, if I'm not mistaken. And then okay, they- I'm looking. BlackRock and Citadel deny hand and Terra stablecoin collapse. Citadel being blamed for Luna crash. Um, look, there's no doubt this was a result of a concerted attack, but whether Citadel did it, I don't think so. And the main reason I don't think Citadel did it is, is, isn't because like they're not evil. They're fucking Citadel. They're the yeah. definition of evil. In fact, if you yeah. think of evil, you think of Citadel. But the, re <laughs> the reason they didn't do it um, is because I don't think Ken Howery would want to invite you know, the regulatory eyes on him for having torn down a $50 billion crypto entity, right? That's the thing that even if they did, mm -hmm. sorry, even if, you, as, as you say, they didn't, it's still, there's no way that anyone else could have done it. The transactions exist, those massive transactions, and that triggered the chain effect. Some, and then obviously the losing hope and the fuck ups and all the, those loopholes eventually but, came down to, oh, whatever. But anchor anchor was a big part of this because you know I think fifty or sixty percent of the total action on Luna on the Terra blockchain was mm -hmm. the use of anchor right in terms of yeah. depositing UST in order to get twenty percent yield, yeah. which is insane. Yeah. You have to be an idiot to believe that it's happening organically. And mm -hmm. by the way, anchor ran out of capital to continue doing this twice and needed two different capital injections from like Luna Foundation Guard and from wherever the fuck else, right? Yeah. So they staved off the collapse twice, but man, this is, this is going to be the first real like regulatory foray into crypto. It'll be purely because of the Luna collapse and UST collapse yeah. because yeah. dude, imagine all of the market makers out there, all the trading pairs that were trading with like, you know, one stable, one crypto asset, like figuring yeah. ETH dollar. Right. And then one side yeah. of it collapsed to being worth nothing, you know, yeah. like th that's, that's the real contagion effect you're worried about here. Which is, I think, yeah. as soon as people started, um, as soon as it happened, people started asking the question about Tether and what backs Tether and that kind of a thing. And I think this is a story yeah. that wasn't covered anywhere near as much as the, the UST collapse, which is people started <laughs> pulling money out of Tether and Tether did not collapse. You know? What's the reason behind that, though? Why did not did Tether not collapse? Because they were able to pay out every, every dollar demanded in return. How? Well, clearly they have the money somewhere, right? But you see how what I'm much trying money? to tell you, right? So, so if you're if you're telling me that there hasn't been okay, yes, there's a you know Dokuan and, and his shit and, and what yeah. and whatever we saw initially, but then yeah. if you are telling me that there's no clear indicator that someone fucked with Luna, no, no, someone did fuck with Luna, but it was it was basically just a waterfall, this cascading effect of people pulling their money out of Anchor, yeah, and then quickly turning around and selling their Terra, right? Yeah, yeah. But think think and of the mechanism. A, you know the, the now, mechanism so, so, by so which it stabilizes. Chain, yeah, with the new chain. Uh -huh. where, where do you see it going? Yeah, they learned from their mistake, but are you seriously going to trust someone that fucked it up for you and made you lose, I don't know, millions of dollars in cash? Well, here's the thing. Um, Terra Labs, their original By the way, by uh, the way, wallet. just just a disclaimer. A disclaimer. Yeah. When they fell to to, to like 0. 0.00 whatever, yeah. I bought like 50 bucks and then I sold it like 0. 0.0 when it reached the high at its peak. And I'm talking about OG Luna. Yeah. <laughs> Luna so, Luna C. So, L U N C is what it's called now officially. Yeah. So I so I made around what? 10x of that 50 bucks. <laughs> okay. I was super excited. <laughs> so, here, okay, here's, here's my original Luna. I have this mm. position would have been worth roughly $350 million had I owned it before the collapse. Oh, shit. Yeah, I'm showing, by the way, so you, okay, people listening can't see this. I'm showing you my actual screen of my actual wallet. Okay. Can I say the number? No. Okay. Um, <laughs> 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 but, <laughs> it's, it's significant. It's significant. <sighs> Okay. Yeah. By the way, my private key is K capital. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, where is it? And then I have my actual Terra Station wallet, and they've actually given me my new Luna, my Terra Two Luna. I've been given twenty point six tokens, right? And yeah. what happened was, as soon as they went opened up, the thing fucking collapsed. And I'm gonna go to Coin Market Cap right now just to see what happened to it since. But um, I don't, am I being insane for not selling? 
listen, I, I get that you're going to hold on for dear life, huddle the shit out of everything. It's yeah. just the question. The, 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 and again, it's a bear market, right? Right now, everything's fucked up. But yeah. I, I personally do not think that Luna is the right one to bank on. Yes, Bitcoin is going to drop. Yes, it mm-hmm. could hit. God knows how much it's going to drop even further. But then eventually, this is the most stable one. ETH, when they launch their, you know, their their, uh, their updated chain, I think would be an amazing thing to oh, get into. Oh, the merger, into. yeah. Yeah, that, that'll be amazing to get, to get into. Just to, simply because these are the two core blue yeah. chips when it comes to crypto. But, but okay. sticking with, with Luna, when you clearly know that they fucked it up, and 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 th- so there probably is a chance that they could potentially fuck it up again. Yeah, that's how I feel. Well, I don't know. It's pretty here, weird. Here, again, I might, I might not be a good. I might, I might not be a good VC if you think about it. If I cross check the parent startups and how they so if yeah. founder founder fucks up once, uh, I'm not going to invest in the same founder again. That that's bullshit. We all know that. But but yeah. when it comes to crypto. This is such a sensitive topic, strictly because it's a shit. It's it's a fifty billion dollar market that just went, you know, literally <laughs> straight up for it. And yeah, in like a, in five minutes. But he, here's the thing: so Terra price today, so it's done a twenty four hour trading volume of like two hundred and ten million dollars, right? Mm-hmm. Um, maximum supply one billion Luna coins. And I'm just looking at at the shit here. Uh, by the way, Doquan is like poor as shit now. That's his fault. <laughs> But um, okay, so it opened at seventeen dollars and eighty cents, and like soon after it went to nineteen dollars and fifty three cents, and then like minutes after that, it is now trading at five dollars and twenty five. Yeah, so it basically imploded. Um, and by the way, this is not they they're they're going to slowly vest everything. So I'm not sure what percentage you get at the outset, but like in six months time, ah man. Time's it's up. Start, yeah, it's going to start vesting slowly. And and maybe, maybe it goes up. I don't have that much money in it. It's just a very speculative bet. But okay, your headline. Right, cool. Do your own research. Dior, guys. Uh, so right. I'm going to take a, take a step back from tech then, uh, in this one. I'm just going to talk about something that's, uh, you know. Okay. So, all right, go ahead. So how is the time? So now is the time to address the global health equity gap, says Albert, Albert Borla, chairman of C and CEO of Pfizer. Why is Pfizer trying to yeah, why why is Pfizer trying to solve the, the global health equity gap now? Why? Wait, health equity gap. You're talking about what, what exactly? Like worldwide I access? I'm, 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 that's what it is. So definitely worldwide access. Yes, and 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 it's as if that they already don't have worldwide access. I'm just trying to figure out. Again, for me, it's it's generally questions that are why. Yeah. Well, you you have the World Health Organization summit happening right now, right? And they're kind of yeah. committed to you know increasing access and that kind of a thing. So you know, fun fact: uh, I lived in the states for a long time, and uh, what I realized was when you, when you don't have insurance. Um, your realistic options for if you have a very, very large or very expensive medical procedure that is necessary to your quality of life is basically mm-hmm. beg on a GoFundMe or die. So, yeah. you know, and, and people think you know, it, it's a joke, but li- literally many people drop dead of not being able to afford it. In countries where you do have universal healthcare, um, including the country I'm in right now, there is a huge trade-off. Here's the thing with healthcare. You get two of three, all right? Yeah. Uh, quality, access, and affordability. Pick two, mm-hmm. you know? If you have if you have quality and you have affordability, problem problems are usually there in terms of um, how long you're going to wait before you actually get care. Uh, and that is a huge issue as well. So, yeah. I mean, the, the, I think that this specific article is focused on uh, NCDs, maybe non-communicable diseases, um, yeah. which practically affect or impact poor nations. And 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 again, coming back to your point, when healthcare is like you said, only two out of three, you know, pillars are given to each country, so so to speak. So quality and and and, and price don't match, uh, obviously, in, in the US. And then same thing when when you come to our region, yeah. whatever points you mentioned. So why on earth? Isn't there an effort 
to bridge that gap initially. When the actual, again, forgive me for being mean about this, but Mm -hmm. uh, you're trying to fix international issues obviously through articles you're not necessarily actually fixing anything you know yeah. just it's just a it's just a marketing gimmick but then right. you have this shithole that you gotta uh, gotta sort out when it comes to the middle class of a obviously one of the strongest nations in the world yeah. and you're just trying to fix africa why is the well, i don't again it's 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 freaking annoying for me the way it's been done yeah. and especially when it comes to large organizations such as pfizer who, by the way, I think they're fa- initially were famous for, I mean, you know that, right? We're famous for Viagra more than anything else. Yep. I think a lot of men love Pfizer, but that, but then again, <laughs> so so why on earth are they now the company that's or, or that, that's focusing on bridging that gap and focusing on you know? I don't know. Isn't this like as part of uh, uh, social responsibility, right? Again, um, but, but then, but uh, what I it pisses me off because a lot of people are. I don't know, dude. Listen, here, here, here's the thing. If the, yeah. if the government is not going to step up and provide like a very basic baseline of services, a lot of private companies end up doing that. Not just in health, but oh. in a lot of shit. When it's private, what happens? What happens? It's for money, right? It's for money. That's what right. it is. Yeah. Right. And when it, and when it's for, and, and obviously not everybody is, is as is as cool as some of the billionaires that you see that are willing to actually do something and take a penny yeah. on, on it, whatever, mm-hmm. figure out and make it cheaper. You know, mm-hmm. they, they, they you, we, we might actually have one of those scenarios where what was the name of the guy that that hiked the price of of a fucking what was it? Martin AIDS, AIDS. Yeah. That's this this prick. Yeah. Right. We, we might we, we, literally we could face someone that's like okay thirty percent of this guy, not not the hundred percent. Mm-hmm. So instead of a 1,000% increase, just like 200% increase and, and make money off of people. Right. That's why for me, for farm, pharmaceutical businesses generally, again, mm-hmm. I, I, hopefully no one comes and kills me. But big pharma for me is, is a nuisance strictly because I feel like this should be a play where it's controlled by, by actually by people. And it shouldn't be. It should always be nonprofit. Always. Again, mm, it's, just well, my, it's just my my take on it. The thing is, it's hard to get access to the massive, you know, R and D and production and distribution budget if you're not an, enorm- an enormous company, right? And nobody's making the argument that we want to go back to the days prior to modern pharmaceuticals because a lot of people did. Um, <laughs> oh no, fuck no, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> that's not what I mean. Think, I mean- no, think, think, think of it this way: like, you know, when when COVID started, right, and there was a yeah. race worldwide to generate the, the or basically come up with the technology that will be able to. Uh, create a viable vaccine in a period of less than 10 years, right? Yeah. Um, who was who was in the forefront of all that? It was Pfizer, but Pfizer did not have the technology to do it internally. They had to turn to these two German Turkish scientists in Berlin who happened to have spent the last like 25 years of their life researching mRNA. Uh, that's BioNTech, the German company. So the Pfizer vaccine is a Pfizer BioNTech vaccine. Uh, because BioNTech had the actual technology to, max, to, to manufacture mRNA uh, vaccines and actually have them be, um, you know, useful for once instead of the usual mRNA experiments that died in the lab because they didn't do anything. Um, but there was absolutely no way BioNTech would have been able to mass produce and distribute that vaccine. No way. They were just way too small a company, way too experimental. They needed, you know, the likes of Pfizer to actually do that. So, mm-hmm. you know. But th- these companies, they do have, um, not necessarily, um, how do I put it? The the case for them being around is stronger than the case for, you know, against them. Yeah. Okay. Okay. No, there's a point there. There's a point there. And plus, like I said, like, you know, a lot of the governments are not actually going to step in and do anything when it comes to providing a baseline of services. So that's why a lot of corporates do these basic kind of CSR type outreach initiatives. Okay, okay, think of this. Think of all the the, the countries that have spent a fortune on their medical budgets only to be stolen by like crooked politicians, right? And the people who actually come in and fix it are the people who are willing to do it on a charitable basis on the condition that they get to push certain products, right? And there is clearly a willing population in need of these products. You know, no like when, 
when a, when a car company goes to rural areas and builds all of these roads and mm-hmm. then puts a dealership in the middle of it, like, yeah, there was an ultimate commercial case for what they did. But at the end of the day, people who desperately needed roads and couldn't depend on their government to build it have roads. Oh, similar to what Acon is doing in wherever he is. <laughs> people think Acorn, it's just what? 100% charity. You're familiar with Acon, the, 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 the singer? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's apparently he, he's built all the electricity infrastructure in his in his country because the, oh, the I've heard government. That, yeah. yeah, no one could depend on the government. So technically, he owns the fucking electricity of the entire country. Well, <laughs> I'd, I'd rather have so, Akon yeah. owning the electricity wired to my house than the Chinese government. But okay, <laughs> <laughs> which is what's Force happening. You to listen to his music. Yeah. <laughs> fair, fair. Acorn. But okay, fine. Man of the no, you you win the you you win this argument. I guess I'm just being a bit cynical. That's all. I think I think it's great. You know, I think by the way, I'm I'm very interested in biotech and what happens in biotech, and I've been reading up quite a bit on it because I don't have a background in it at all. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, seriously, like medicine has only been a science for like a hundred years. Prior to that, it was like, are you sick? Lick this frog and chew this bark. You know, and hopefully some good happens. <laughs> like nobody like really believes otherwise. But think, I mean, think, think about it. Was, it wasn't that bad, but it was that bad like 300 years ago. Whereas <laughs> it was exactly that, you know. Yeah, it was that. It was that. Or, or they just burn you or something. You know, that, that's about yeah. it. Because I that's remember cheaper. this. this ah, there you go. We're done. We're done. Alrighty, it's my turn, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. My turn. My turn. Okay. Let's see. Uh, oh. Elon Musk demands that Twitter prove bots are less than 5% of the overall uh, active users of the, of the um, platform as they claimed in their public filings. This one is interesting, right? Because we are getting some real insight into the whole like, you know, botnets that run social media, uh, mm-hmm. at least for the first time since Cambridge Analytica and for the first time since the whole 2016 election thing, which is when it was in the forefront for like a couple of weeks before it died down because orange man bad. But um, <laughs> right, but 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 the thing is, like, th- th- I think this is one of those things where we all implicitly know that it is true. It is absolutely true mm-hmm. that you know social media is overrun by bots, right? Like, I tweeted mm-hmm. a, a a picture of my DMs where it's literally just like these these like gorgeous models all asking me about cryptocurrency, right? And they're very obviously bots. And if they aren't bots, I'm extremely sorry. Please DM me again. I will respond this time. <laughs> No, they're bots. They're bots. They're bots. Damn it! <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he, here's the thing. So uh, Musk is claiming that if so, he, he on the All In Summit, he basically said that he has the record of the most liked tweet ever, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it was about like four and a half million likes or something. And that was the tweet where he said, "Next time, buying Coca Cola and putting the cocaine back in it," right? Yeah. <laughs> and he says, like, the number of likes is infinitesimally low compared to the number of daily active users that you claim to have for a person who has one of the most followed accounts on earth. Like, how is engagement actually that low if you claim active users are that high? You know? And then Jason Calacanis was saying something to the effect of, uh, you know, on YouTube, you know, how many users are there on YouTube? Um, and, And what's the highest number of views on a particular video? It's like in the billions multiples of billions compared to definitely not multiples of billions of accounts active on YouTube. So just as a, as a, as a reality check, it doesn't really stack up. So, I mean, what, what, what's your take on the Twitter bot situation and whether or not that he's justified in asking these questions? I honestly speaking, I think, again, I'm not, I'm not going to say this just because I'm an Elon Musk fan, so to speak. I'm just, I'm, I'm actually going to say it very clearly that the reason I think he's actually uh, not, not, going to buy Twitter is just about that. About I don't think there's about anything wrong with it. So it, it, it. No, obviously not just about that. No, obviously there is an underlying factor. I'm 100% sure that I don't know of. But then again, there is that is a valid reason, right? If yeah. they publicly announce that they have a certain scenario or they, they publicly announce that there is uh, that there is the one, two, three, four available, and then he comes in and see and does a due diligence and finds out that oh shit, no, that's not true. You as the VC, you should know best. If you do due diligence on a startup that you that that, say, that claim things, yeah, like, you're probably going to pull back. Due diligence is supposed to uncover the unknown, right? 
Like Twitter is a public company with public filings. He's challenging the authentic. He's challenging the accuracy of a public filing that was around long before he made that announcement that he was going to buy the company. Have you heard the? Have you heard about the fact that he's he? There was this guy that he had the grudge on in the SEC. Oh yeah, that he tried to get fired. Yeah, right. <laughs> cool. So could it be that it's the same guy that did the public? Well, that had something to do with those public filings. Could it be that it's just a whole grudge show? <laughs> <laughs> Man, imagine I, this, I don't know. Imagine this scenario, dude. That, that'll be that'll be fucking awesome. <laughs> Thank you. I'm just I'm just gonna catch this guy. So I'm gonna offer up 45 billion to buy a fucking company and just you know go up. Oh, fuck you. This data is not correct. <laughs> and then walk it back and at a cost of a billion dollars themselves, right? Oh shit. Yeah. I don't know, man. I honestly don't know. This this whole thing is is I think a massive marketplace. Um, Elon Musk has this impulsive kind of like decision making to a certain extent but then whenever he actually sits down and explains it you realize that the guy can actually think up think up an the entire scenario of doing something in the span of i don't know 10 seconds as opposed to uh, to take me a week uh, right. uh, again I, i might be giving him way too 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 much but but i think for a fact that uh i mean he is the richest guy in the world he knows what the fuck he's doing he's actually doing the right the, the, the right shit he, he he knows money for sure and he's not really worried about it and the reason he wanted to buy twitter i think initially was was purely to 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 make it better because they weren't making it better twitter was scrambling here and there is he making it better how i have no fucking clue but then when this whole story came up that he decided, decided to pull uh, pull back yeah. i honestly believe that there is some sort of a you know, some sort of a push that happened somewhere, somehow. Like by whom? I have to... no clue. Yeah, just take take a step back, dude. Fuck off, or you know, fuck off, or get fucked. Something like that. Well, the thing is, That's like, what if felt. if what he is claiming is true, so he says that at least twenty percent of the active users on Twitter are actually bots and not people. And you know, he hints. So that's that's that huge, by the way. That that that, that huge, should be. Is it, is it truly unbelievable? Is it truly unbelievable? Like, look at the replies no, I don't to think... any decent tweet. Yeah. No, you're absolutely correct. No, the amount this of bots is, is yeah. stupid, especially with nowadays as well. Now, nowadays, even more than before, strictly because of the the Web three domain and that it's all stationed there, and everybody has a, has a bot. Everybody and anybody yeah. has a bunch of bots to promote their NFTs, their whatever. Yeah, yeah, the crypto spammers have been intense on Twitter. Yeah, it's, it's, un- it's I, unbelievable. I will show you my DMs. It is really bad. But the, the, here's the thing: I'm, I'm very. But dude, I, I took a picture of a bowl of cereal and tweeted it. Yeah. To talk about the cereal NFT that that that's launched, which is pretty cool, a pretty cool collection. But then again, okay. when I took a picture of the bot of the bowl of cereal, mm-hmm. the amount of DMs I got from people about something completely irrelevant and, and, and trying to scam me into a different NFT collection or whatever. I actually looked through them and there was one of them that literally told me here. We have an, yeah, there you go. What? Would you like to invest in my cereal company? <laughs> what? <laughs> Would you? <laughs> what? I don't know. I need to taste that shit. <laughs> better, better have good stuff in it. Anyways, uh, sorry. Can we say stuff that we're not supposed to say? Okay, no, never mind. <laughs> yeah, sure. No, nobody, nobody cares, man. Like four people. Yeah, this. <laughs> <laughs> I'll show you the actual oh, like, metrics later. But anyhow, yeah. Um, we broke a milestone recently. I'll show you. Anyhow, um, yeah. Five. I, I don't know. Okay, go. Yeah, five <laughs> and a half. Because there was a cat in the room, but uh, yeah, I, I think I think he's justified in asking, and I think it's very clear that he wanted Twitter to slip up and make it clear to the world that you know they actually, so, yeah, they have it no was, it was, uh, uh, yeah, it was, it was probably that. I think, I think Th- this is he, the problem. He genuinely, is, he, yeah. he genuinely would have bought Twitter, he genuinely would have paid the m- amount if everything was clear. But then I think he, the way he, now that you're saying it, the way that he probably thought about it is maybe I should offer, get them, you know, excited about it. And then when they approve it and we, the, the, we do the diligence, we make them, you know, we, we, we make sure that they fix this issue by pointing it out. This is the only way for them to fix it is when there is money involved in potential acquisition or whatnot. I think that's what he, right. the, the way he, thought, he saw it. Probably. 
Also, if you're used to like, you know, structuring MA, there's usually um, uh, what's called representations, uh, reps and warrants, right? So yeah. reps and warrants are basically guarantees on the state of certain things prior to or actually or after the actual um, uh, over the actual closing. And the thing is, mm-hmm. if there is a significant discrepancy in between what is claimed and what is actually the case after the closing, then damages may have to be paid and the board themselves may be directly liable, which is why the board can't just be all willy-nilly with this shit because they can yeah. get screwed personally. This is a public yeah. company in the US, a director is personally liable. Um, yeah. And insurance may not cover them if they really screw up. So yeah, yeah, yeah I, think, I, think, I, think, <laughs> I think he knows how shitty it is and he just wants to prove it to the world. Man, I'm honestly like very, very, I'm, I'm maybe the most pro-tech person in the world, but honestly, social media is one of those things where I feel like the the existence of that sector in tech has been a net negative for humanity. Oh, negative for humanity for sure, but there are positive aspects as well. I mean, well, generally, yeah, when, 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 yeah, yeah. So, so certain social media platforms definitely there there is there is a positive a positive nature to it. There's always going to be an abuser here and there, but 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 nevertheless, it depends on on, on the the view of the company. So, if you're going to Zuckerberg everything. Okay, I think I'm gonna get killed at some point because of your fucking podcast. But <laughs> that would honestly be the best marketing event I could ever ask for. I have kids. No. <laughs> yeah, but then the story is sadder, which means even better marketing. No, fair. <laughs> <laughs> Only on this show will we make fun of making our guests' kids orphans. Anyhow, <laughs> perfect timing. All right. Awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Return. Okay, cool. So I have, uh, so since we're still talking about Elon Musk, right? Uh, Tesla won't make, and you know, won't uh, Tesla won't make a manufacturing facility in India if service sale is not allowed, says Elon Musk. So apparently, in India does not allow, well, is not allowing Tesla to sell their electric vehicles within the country, uh, so to speak, and they want them to set up manufacturing plants within the country. Now, here's my my question, wondering, why is India not allowing people to sell uh, electric vehicles within their country? Wait, is it because this is strictly corruption? Sell no, sell, sell direct and electric, generally electric vehicles. I don't know. I, I haven't heard that they're selling any electric vehicles there. So what's happening, this, this is what it reads. Electric car maker Tesla Inc. will not manufacture in India till it's permitted to sell and service its cars in the country. Mm-hmm. So I don't know whether it's actually uh not selling any electric vehicles or just not allowing them to sell without having an agent representing them in the country so to speak i think that may be it because that's the reason we don't have tesla in kuwait i mean the same thing about have a local agent yeah 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 yeah. and also the reason they had trouble selling in a lot of states in the u.s because there were states in the u.s where the law specifically stated there had to be a dealer and you could not sell direct um okay yeah okay I'm, i'm just looking at the story right now and basically uh, they will not be allowed to sell and service the cars themselves as Tesla. Yeah. So, but, but that's weird. The Indian government is bullish on EVs, electric vehicles, and has introduced several incentives to spur manufacturing as well as demand for the electric vehicles, which is okay. So that well, they have technically a means car industry. That. Yeah, they do. It's it's probably that. It's probably the agency thing. But that 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 uh, that opens up another topic, right? Yeah. Why is it that it has to have an agent? So I know Tesla's following the whole Apple model, but but why is it that it has to have an agent? Why well, this can't is they just sell like rent? these are these old like economic protectionism laws that came into effect. Like th- there's a number of ways. Like either in our part of the world, because oh the merchant family appealed to the ruling class because you know they wanted protection for this that or the other business, like protected monopolies, which you have all over this region. Um, yeah. But I mean, if that's shitty all over the region, you say, right? But then you have a single family owning six different uh, dealership brands selling them, completely theirs. You know what the fuck? That's bullshit. No competition. The contract can't go anywhere else. And and you're worried about a single car that's coming in in a fucking market that you know that might be difficult to convince to buy electric vehicles because Mm. you know it's relatively new. We're not. I don't think our region is hungry for electric vehicles. Not yet, at least. Our region? So why? Yeah, well, I would say. There, here's the thing. One of the primary reasons people take up electric vehicles in the first place is because gasoline is extremely expensive in some parts of the world. Um, yeah. So it, it, it makes a ton of sense in Europe, by the way. 
Um, yeah. No, absolutely. But, but, yeah, I, I agree. With that. In, in the Netherlands, in the Netherlands, in Amsterdam, like seriously, maybe like thirty percent of the cars were like electric because they were plugged into the street, into the street lamps. They have like electric chargers. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. so many electric vehicles in like in Scandinavia yeah. and the Netherlands and, and those Dude, countries. Let's let's not go for London, central London. If you have yeah. a car that's not electric, you you pay a fucking fine for every kilometer or something. I don't know. I don't know. It's, just, it's unbelievable. So Pollution I mean, there, there's yeah. a. Yeah, pollution rules, national initiatives. I get it, but I, I don't think our region is is, is that there's this massive appetite. But then again, because there's not such a massive appetite, why are you the merchant worried about monopoly? It's just a fucking. Well, because I think factor. I think it's because because it's, it's precedent, and it's the same thing with Tesla in India, because they're afraid mm-hmm. that if they you know the, the merchant class there, the ruling the ruling class and like you know economic mm-hmm. circles in India will be afraid that oh if they came in. Uh, without a official like you know Indian distributor, then the Ford dealership is just going to fire the family that they use there and set up their own and eat one hundred percent of the margin. Would the Ford do that? Would Ford do that? Now that's that. That's another thing. Well, that's the thing. That not, one, not today. That they're model works today. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're not. They're not doing it today. But you make it possible as opposed to legally impossible. So with with Tesla, yeah. by the way, Tesla does a whole bunch of things that car companies do not do. Right. Like you know, they have yeah. they have charging stations and car companies don't own their gas stations. You know, they have yeah. at home service and car companies don't do that. They outsource all that shit. You, you, you know, know that their core money maker is not the car. I mean, that, that it's a simple it's service. Also, <laughs> yeah. most of them don't make the damn car. There's like ten thousand different subcontractors who make all the bits <laughs> and pieces and they fit them together at the factory. Is the way it works. That's it. Whereas Tesla is yeah. making pretty much everything except the rubber on the tires and the glass for the windows. Yeah. So yeah. Um, the way the company works is, is, is different, but you know, the old guard will always use political tools to preserve their power. And it's no different in India. Yeah. I I have nothing more to say about this. (laughs) Ah, shit. I didn't start the fucking timer. How much, how much time have we spent on this? Uh, around seven minutes. Seven? Three minutes extra. Yeah. All right, you know that's probably not accurate, but I don't give a fuck. We'll see what happens. All right, no six, uh, six minutes. Sorry, six, six minutes and almost seven minutes. Just at seven. All right, four minutes left. So, it's um. Do you see? Do you see why I need a producer who I can't pay? Like maybe if I, if they take minutes. <laughs> if anyone's listening and wants to produce this show, I will literally allow you to do it if you're willing to do it for free. Uh, that will that is such go. a losing pitch. Nobody will ever respond. Yeah, to that. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I I would have just shut down and like well, fuck this guy. Yeah, basically. <laughs> hey, Jamie, pull the uh, pull the data, Jamie. <laughs> it's like all those tr- Twitch streamers, right? Yeah. <laughs> hey, there's this guy that I follow who's a Twitch. Uh, well, no longer Twitch, YouTube. I think his name is Tim the Tapman. Again, I'm a big big on gaming, especially Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, um, I, I just watch this guy specifically, and every now and then, like whips, can you pull the KD ratio, the kill death ratio on this? Guy? And I, I just keep feeling sorry for whips because whips is such a bitch. <laughs> well, the guy's name is Whips, so <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Dude, I'm well, back uh, to tell me. Now, I was gonna say, like you know, I, I wanted to buy a Tesla here in Kuwait, um, yeah. but I realized like the best I can do is basically buy it in Dubai. And then I would have to ship yeah. it here, um, yeah. which is not an issue. But every time, if anything happens to it, if anything goes wrong, I got to put it on a boat to Dubai again. You know? Yeah. So yeah. what's that's the only point? issue? But, same thing here. I tried. I tried. I, I wanted to do the same thing in Bahrain, but then I, I realized, holy shit, it's just going to cost me an arm and a leg just shipping it back and forth, assuming that there are going to be problems every now and then. But and and, and uh, it's not. I, I don't think it's worth it until it eventually hits the market here, and I know it will. In Bahrain, I know it will. I don't know about Kuwait, to be honest. You regulations there are, are fucking scary. But I know in Bahrain, Did Kuwait is behind the curve on literally everything in the Gulf. Like we're ten million miles behind anyone and everyone else. But yeah, uh, yeah. So and, and people have been so vocal about it. <laughs> yeah, but you know it, it, they don't care because they see us as monkeys screaming in the cage. You know, so it's just going to yeah. throw us a peanut. I'm like shut up, monkey, and then keep doing what they're doing, and we're going to keep being us. Yeah. Peanuts. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of want to peanuts? move to Amsterdam. Is that a good? Uh... Definitely a good, a good place to move to. But you're going to be high all the time. Absolutely. Yeah, I was going to say. I think for a variety of reasons, I will be completely and totally unable to focus on anything productive. 
<laughs> Absolutely, every every piece of food is going to be spiked with something, something. Exactly. Not even marijuana, you know, just something. Yeah. <laughs> it was surprise me. A little <laughs> sprinkle of this, cake. and you wake up in Belgium. That'll be fun. <laughs> Holy crap! Yeah, that right. that would be cool. Yeah, I think we overshot, anyway. so I'm just going to kill. I'm going to kill this timer, and we're going to yeah, go yeah, to, kill oh, it. Yeah, it we did, we did overshoot. Yeah, okay, go ahead. Kill is it. it me? My turn. It is your turn. I think right, that's, that's, that, that should be the fi- the final headline. And that's the final headline. <laughs> you can't sing this song or we'll pay a fee. What's the final? <laughs> what is the royalty? It's like four zillion dollars. Yeah, just just stop there. <laughs> <laughs> Podcast shuts down due to class action lawsuit. Um, <laughs> Tech layoffs uh, hit 15,000 in the U.S. in the month of May. That is way high. 15,000 in a month. That's like 2,001 numbers. Mm. Holy crap. I mean, it's such a contrast from like a few months prior where like you basically had to give people kidneys and your firstborn in order to secure a new engineer. And now it's like there's 15,000 floating on the market. I'm wondering right now. This is exactly what I'm thinking about right now. I'm wondering... Can I fucking hire an engineer and <laughs> bring him over here? Is that gonna work? Would they want to move out of a nice weather place to, you know, burn your ass on the seat country? Or, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't mean, know. if they're well, the thing is, you could hire them remote, right? Like the only thing you have to work around is the time zone. But That's the um, thing. That's the thing. it's it's such a bizarre problem. Okay, so like we've done shows about this in the past, where in in the U.S., okay. When COVID started, Trump killed the H-1B visa, which was the number one way to get like science, technology, engineering, math uh, grads into the country. And a lot of them just wind up, wound up being engineers at the tech companies, right? When he yeah. killed that yeah. visa, there was an extreme sudden supply constraint of people with that talent, right? And at the same time, yeah. the, the tech micro bubble happened, the 2000 to 2001, uh, sorry, the, the, the 2020 to 2021. Yeah. Um, you know, crazy jump. And everyone was hiring everywhere and everyone was raising crazy amounts of money to hire. And all of a sudden it became literally impossible to hire. You couldn't, you couldn't find anyone. You couldn't do anything. Like even my brother's startup, by the way, they uh, maintain an office in, in South America in order to hire people and employ them there because they can't find enough people to do anything in California. I mean, salaries are way too high. You, you, if you offer like, you know, two times what people were paying five years ago, and then somebody beats the offer like 10 seconds after you've made it. And there's just no Holy point. Crap. So we've we've gone to that. I mean, we've gone from that to fifteen thousand people being fired in one month, and we're not even done yet. But that's a trend. That's a trend. That that has repeated itself so many times with so many different job roles in, throughout history. If you think about it, yeah. and it, yeah. it it just it just tells you that I don't think the market is ever is ever going to learn this. Once there is a huge appetite for something, they're just going to overdo it. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, eventually, and the, and the problem is the person that's going to eat shit is probably that person that's getting overpaid, because yeah. that's the, they're they're gonna, you know they're going to get sacked at some point. Now what am I going to do? Going to do there the there time? are worse things than being sacked. Specifically, when you get sacked after you have already like borrowed money to exercise your options, only to find mm-hmm. out that you're mm-hmm. underwater on the options at the next fundraise. And oh, by the way, you stole all that money. <laughs> yeah. So think about it. So it that is sucks. ridiculous. It does suck. It does suck. And, and 15,000 is not a small number for one month, especially for tech businesses. It's unbelievable. I, I mean, is there yeah, a statistic on what, what, are, what, are, what are the businesses specifically that fired? Or no? Oh, everyone. Everyone. From, from the giants to the tiny little guys, like everyone has fired. Like, you know, I think I was looking um, at like Netflix had fired a number uh, fairly recently. Um, there is talk, and I, this is unsubstantiated, but I'm hearing it from like friends of friends. That in June, Facebook will be announcing a very large round of layoffs, um, and that's that, you know that, that's it's sort of corroborated by the fact that Zuckerberg basically said that the company is intending to make some losses because of their push into the metaverse business over the next few years. Mm-hmm. So this thing went from cash cow to calculated losses. So there's definitely going to be some firing. Hundred percent, hundred percent. But then, can they afford? Well, yeah, um, yeah. No, they, they definitely would fire a lot of people. I don't think they need that much, that much talent. Not today, at least. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's it's really difficult. But but the good thing is, like you know, a lot of really good businesses are going to be are going to be built in this. Oh, they should. They're going to be doing it. We're going to check LinkedIn LinkedIn titles now. 
ex Facebook, ex Amazon, ex blah blah blah. And oh, everybody's right. gonna be like, yeah, I can see such a, a ton of us. <laughs> and, and it doesn't matter if they're like they've been hired like last month and they've been fired this month. I, I'm ex this company. <laughs> yeah. But you, have you noticed like this tech contagion contagion? Has it is it beginning to bleed through to the MENA region? Like I've heard some kind of like you know growth stage businesses kind of struggling to raise money. I've heard that story. What are you yeah. hearing? I'm hearing the same story. It is that, uh, and and the lack of talent exists, you know. And I I know for a fact I have I'm not hearing it, but I'm living I'm living it at the moment. Uh, we are uh, one of my startups that I'm building, companies that I'm building based out of uh, the UAE is a fintech business. Mm-hmm. Thank God I actually managed to get a massive talent added to to, to my roster uh, as as our CTO he used to be the ex uh, group CTO of a large banking group in the region, very very renowned banking group. So yes. it really plays very well plays very well with what I'm trying to do. Uh, at least if he's going to monitor the entire thing, uh, Wait, why, with, why with have a team of <laughs> it's relatively quiet. I'm doing it under, you know, on uh, hush hush at the moment. Um, you, you'll hear about it very, very soon. So yeah, by which I mean when that, that, you're going to tell me literally everything. But okay, uh, <laughs> absolutely, I'll tell you about it. So, uh, so, so yeah, I'm, I'm living it. I know that there is a massive lack of talent, and you really, really need to kind of like, you know, go back to in history to whoever you worked with before that you really liked. To potentially, you know, get on board if they really like you as well. Uh, and uh, again, dude, it's it's all about selling a pitch. It's a story, and and uh, I think we we have that advantage as startup founders that we can tell a good story. Yeah, and and a lot of them and a lot of them do believe in whatever story we tell them, which is awesome, and and that puts a, a different set of pressure layers on you as a startup founder. But but if you think about the local market right now and what's happening, I see a lot of companies raising money. Today, especially with yeah. let's say Web three, in Saudi Arabia, I know for a fact. I know at mm-hmm. least two companies, personally, mm-hmm. founders, that raised money by just giving a roadmap. That's it. Yeah, but hey, I mean, crypto is do this, this, like this, this, bonkers this. in that sense. But yeah. I, I, no. I know for a fact that it has kind of a little bit of slowdown in in the uh, yeah. in the earlier stages. Yeah, but 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 that's the thing. I see a problem happening right there. If you, they don't know what the fuck they're doing and they're getting money, yeah, you know, and 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 that's scary, especially when you come and see actual talent, people that actually know exactly what they're doing. They're offering value. They're doing shit, and they're trying to fundraise, and they're not getting that attention. Yeah. I, I that's that's the main the core story of our region, to be honest. The funding game is is very controlled by you know by by a lot of. I know this guy, this guy knows me or whatever it is, or I know this guy's dad or this is, this kid is my niece or my nephew and I'm going to give her some money. Or I have I have a lot of money because daddy gave me some of that money and I'm going to invest it. Or you know what? I am a guy that actually has a lot of money. I come from wealth and I'm just going to... You know, the, the regional powerhouses have earmarked so much money um, to VC in the region over the last few years that you kind of have to ask the question of what happens when the circle jerk ends and there aren't any buyers. <laughs> That's the thing. That's 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 the thing too. When when is the circle jerk gonna end? Gonna, gonna end? It is gonna end very soon. I can tell you that for a fact. I think we're yeah. about the edge right now. You're gonna figure out that hey, okay, shit. We put so much money in this business. It's super hyped up. What the fuck are we gonna do right now? How is it gonna come back? We're gonna make so we money. Back. Are time. we gonna make? Are you, money how are you gonna exit? Yeah. How are you going to exit yeah. this? Yeah. 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 Who the fuck is gonna buy you? Oh, one of the players in the U.S. They're fucked right now. <laughs> they're, they're fucking yeah. Anyone who's going to buy you lost people. seventy to ninety percent of the market cap over the last couple of months. <laughs> Yeah, man. How on earth do you think they're going to actually have a budget for acquisition to the the coming couple of years, at least, at least couple of years? Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. It's just uh, it's, it's it's pretty weird. It's scary. This is what I see, at least. So I think the the best option to work around this is for any founder or any startup that's launching is just put your head down and do the work. Make sure yeah. you add value, and 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 no fuck it. Money is gonna eventually come. Uh, as long as you secure the initial amount of money that you need to be able just to build your product and get it out there, just fucking it do it. Winter. Put your head down and do it. Make it through the winter, exactly. And and make sure that you add so much value, refine your product significantly, and work on customer acquisition for a, a, a restricted amount of customers to make to refine that product as much as possible. Get the diamond out of the coal, and then eventually, you know, when the when the fucking dust clears, you're gonna have somebody coming in going like, "Holy shit, I like your business. I'm gonna give you some money." 
or if you're lucky enough, you know, a good family, decent family office that, uh, that and, and, and the, that really like you, <laughs> they're just going to give you all the cash you want, but they're going to probably eat your heart. Yeah, that yeah. too. <laughs> like... <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's my take on it, dude. That's my take on it. That's what I see at least. Oh, well. Well, if Pooch was here, at least he would have told us about all the carnage happening at startups in Los Angeles. Yeah, that would have been cool. So we're, we're talking based on speculation and news right now. I think he would have a better better image on the, you know, on, on, on the actual scene. Great time to be a founder. <laughs> Great time to be a founder. I think the reason he got diarrhea is not because he ate something bad. It's probably because of the market. <laughs> Shit's still in the market. Yeah, he like, probably he checked ah! he checked his uh, his crypto wallet. It's like, oh. <laughs> uh, and with, and oh, with that, we are done. That wasn't too bad, was it? No, it wasn't too bad. You know what? We're we're gonna we're we, gonna we, just kind of default to this kind of a format when somebody drops out yeah. and we have no other choice. Yeah. Because we don't want to cancel, fair. right? Yeah, All right. yeah, no, fair, fair. <laughs> cool thing is, <laughs> I probably think that I said a lot of shit I shouldn't have said, or I said a lot of shit based on just you know, like I said, it felt like a brainstorming session more than I'm saying my opinion than anything else. I don't know if yeah. that makes sense or not. Yeah, it's yeah. a discussion over lunch minus lunch. Yeah, yeah. All I right. do have dinner behind me. Yeah, we'll figure that do out. You. Yeah, All right, man. Maybe I'll see you in Bahrain soon. Maybe not. Oh, you will. You will see me in Bahrain soon. When are you coming to Bahrain? Uh, I don't know, but honestly, it's like it's a four-hour drive, so whenever I want. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out: should I come to Kuwait or not? Is it worth it? What do you want to do? Uh, that's what I'm trying. That's exactly. That's what I'm trying to figure out. You know what? Just just come over. Just come over. Like fuck it, we'll figure it out. Okay, that'll be good. All right, peace. All right. Cheers, man.